Welcome to Cow Talks. I'm Chris Pravat. And I am Marcelo Valau, Forage Extension Specialist with the University of Florida. And this is our podcast, where we dive deep into the main topics affecting livestock and forage production in the southeastern United States. From the mainstream media to new technologies straight from our research stations. From cattle prices to international trade. From our pastures and beyond. Join us on this journey as we tackle the main issues affecting our producers and the sustainability of our production systems. Welcome again to our podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Marcelo. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm José Dubé. I'm a professor of forage agronomy. I'm based here at North Florida Research and Education Center in Mariana. And I've been here since the last 10 years, since 2013. We are in 2023. That's 10 years, right, Marcelo? <laughs> 10 years and a lot of progress. I'm very excited and very excited to be able to work with you, actually. And we're going to discuss, what we're here to discuss today is one topic that is very dear to me and is one of my main extension areas that is the integrated crop and livestock systems. Actually, a little bit beyond just the concept of integrated crop livestock system, which is the launching of the new tool called the Southeast Grazing Exchange. First of all, I'd like to, to mention that this project is funded by uh, FDEX, the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services uh, in Florida and the Office of uh, Agriculture and Water Policy. So the idea behind is that uh, we have uh, uh, lots of uh, row crop land, uh, more specifically around 400,000 acres here in, in North Florida. And uh, most of the time, um, the row crops, which are typically cotton, peanuts, some corn, uh, they are harvested in October and, and the land follows until April next year. Uh, so we think that this, um, there are a lot of things that could be done during that time, and that's uh, productive agricultural land, uh, a lot of that under uh, irrigation system uh, that could be used somehow. This is also the time, the prime time to, to put weight on cattle because you can um, grow cool season forages. Uh, and animals typically gain at least two pounds per day just grazing those uh, good forages. Um, and, and also in terms of the environmental component, uh, we figured that uh, the cool season is the hotspot for nitrate leaching, which uh, we know it's a problem here in North Florida. And by planting cover crops uh, and grazing those cover crops, we have data showing that we reduce nitrate leaching. So it's a win-win. We could have uh, promote economic development of the region by, you know, developing stocker operations or developing heifers uh, that we have almost a million cows in Florida need to replace those cows. So we need to develop heifers. And also a lot of the cows that are winded here, they go straight to the Midwest, but they could stop by, you know, in the Florida Panhandle to, to get some sheep gains and also promote uh, economic development here. And also at the same time, um, reduce uh, nitrate leaching. The, the, the animals would um, allow, you know, to plant the cover crop, they'll pay for the cover crop cost. Uh, and, uh, and at the end, still leave some uh, money behind. And also it's a win-win for the uh, farm, uh, row crop farmer as well. We have also data showing that grazed, uh, Cover crop land uh, also uh, improves the, for example, the peanut yield in the next year. Uh, so that's that's important. 
And I also have reports from farmers saying that they reduced their fertilizer costs by 30% uh, during the cash crop phase. So all of those benefits, you know, paying for the cover crop, leaving some fertility that will help the, the falling cash crop and also reducing environmental problems. Uh, you know, I think it's just like a conversion everything for us. Okay, we, we need to develop something for, for this area during this time of the year. That is correct. So just as a matter of perspective, considering the area in Florida, Georgia and Alabama, which is the where this, this project is starting, we have about 4.1 million acres of row crop, cotton, peanut, soybean, and corn, especially. And about 3.9 million acres of those acres remain fallow during the winter. A risk to say that we can easily feed out the calf crop of all those states in this area. It's fantastic the potential that we have here in putting weight in both in replacement heifers in stalkers before, as you said, before shipping them, uh, shipping them. Uh, that, that's a great point, Marcelo. The, we actually included also Georgia and Alabama in, in our project uh, because we think, uh, you know, whatever happens upstream, uh, you know, one of the main focus of FDEX is to reduce nitrate leaching. While we were discussing that, whatever hap happens, you know, in those states also can affect here the water quality in Florida. So we are, we are doing for the tri-state region, uh, which has a huge potential, as you said. That is correct. Uh, so if we have so many benefits, both in production, we have uh, increasing in, in, in potential increasing crop, crop production, great animal performance, uh, the opportunity to add and diversify. Um, there is environmental benefits. Uh, we're still not seeing a lot of adoption of those systems. And we have been talking about those integrated systems for probably the better part of the last three decades in different forms, in sod-based rotation, and now more with integrating. Why are we not adopting as much as we can? It's a great question. Uh, there are some barriers, um, I would say. Um, at least here in Florida, most of the land is leased. Uh, so, you know, long-term infrastructure investment like fences, perimeter fence, uh, water troughs and things like that, uh, they, typically those leased farms for row crop, they don't have it. And uh, folks leasing in a short-term contract, they, they don't want, you know, to invest the money on that. So that's one of the issues. Uh, and, uh, and of course, you need skills. Uh, you need a skill set. For example, if you're if you're putting two folks to work together, which I think that's uh, the best approach. You know, we have the row crop farmer and the livestock producer working together. We have some successful stories stories showing that. Uh, but you know, you need to have lots of skills on on the uh, on both sides. But uh, it's it's relatively common to find good farmers here in the region, but you don't have as many. Uh, livestock producers, uh, you know, that are used to do all the, the buying and selling and, and, and all of, you know, the skills that you need um, for integrating uh, those systems. Uh, and, but there are some folks that are doing that very successfully. So I think it's, uh, we, we also need to invest in the education of future generations of future farmers, uh, hopefully get some help from those folks that are doing that so successfully and help us. Uh, I think it, it's going to be uh, like they say in Africa, it takes a village to, to make this work, but I, I think we can make it work. Uh, there are reasons why people are not doing this, but I think we can overcome those problems uh, if you work together. 
That's true. And actually, is the, the topic, those barriers are the topic of um, a new project that we have been developing together to understand the, the socioeconomic benefits and incentives that are needed to, for the implementation of those systems. Uh, I also risk to say an um, integrated crop livestock systems is a great way for the young generation that is interesting, interested in getting into the cattle business, does not have the money to afford equipment and, um, and land and all that, but would be willing to put effort and bring animals in and partner with some of the row crop uh, farmers that have that cover crop that can be at least set up for grazing. Uh, one interesting thing, Dubé, is that many people say, oh, yeah, we don't have fences. We don't have fences. I'm very surprised because I'm recording this podcast here from France now when I'm a little in a little work trip. And I was on a farm visit yesterday in this um, the sheep herder, this uh, farmer, and he was maybe putting sheep, maybe, um, changing sheep from one paddock to the other. But uh, the paddocks are not uh, connected. And here the farmer goes uh, with the sheep, just raises the poly wire, the electric fence wire, sheep goes under it. Uh, the dog, the dog round the sheep, round them up, just walking down the road through the middle of some wheat fields and get to the next paddock. No problem. I mean, you, we, know, yeah, we know it's risky, it's a different <laughs> system, but it's, uh, it's very interesting how they do it here too. You, you raise a great point, Marcel. I've been discussing that. Actually, last week we were discussing that, uh, which is uh, we have an aging population of farmers and a lot of the young folks, they don't stay in the rural areas because land is, is very expensive. You know, they can't afford to buy land in, in, a, in a size that would fit, you know, their, um, their needs. So by integrating um, livestock into uh, leased lands, lands on, on cropland, it's a way to, to enter in the business uh, and actually, you know, have a, a good size operation uh, by, you know, just leasing cropland that folks are not using uh, during the winter time. So that's, that's, a, that's a very important point. And that would be a great opportunity to bring younger farmers to the, to the, to the business. Okay. So, Dubim, when you first brought to us the idea of a Tinder for farmers, we're laughing at you. And now here we are with this platform launched. So do you want to tell us about a little bit about how it works, how this Tinder for farmers work? Yeah, that's good. It, yeah, it's like a dating app, right? Where, uh, <laughs> where you need to put together uh, folks that, you know, are planting cotton, peanut, with folks that are raising livestock uh, or in the livestock business somehow. Uh, and, and, you know, and sometimes you have a neighbor, you just talk to the neighbor and, and you solve that problem. But sometimes, you know, you're new in the area or you don't know as many people or, you know, nobody really knows what, what you're trying to do. And, and so uh, we we're not reinvented the wheel. Uh, this system is, is already across different states. Uh, it's seen in North Dakota, New Mexico, Canada, California, different places uh, where, uh, you know, you, you can uh, pinpoint, you know, create pins. Uh, and, and there are two options. You are, you are either a, a livestock based, which means that you have livestock and you are looking for somebody that has some land, uh, you know, to allow you to use it, to graze it. Or on the other way, 
would be you're a land-based guy, which means that you're you know a, a row crop farmer or you have some land that you're not using that is available for grazing. So that would be a, a land-based guy. So then you can create your pin and uh, and you know put in the map. You just go uh, in southeastgrazingexchange.com and then uh, there is an option to create an account. And whenever you create that account, uh, you you need to provide some information, but also say, okay, I'm I'm a livestock guy and I'm willing to, you know, to to build temporary fences or I'm willing to, you know, to haul water or do whatever it thinks. You, you don't need to do those things, but if you think that's something that you could do, you can put there. And likewise, the land-based guy can can do the same. Okay, I'm willing to plant the row crop. Uh, I'm willing to plant the cover crop for grazing, or I'm I'm willing to help somehow with the cattle. Just put whatever you're, you're up to, and then and then they contact each other after that, right? Um, but in, in the website is also a, a hub for the information uh, related to integrated crop livestock systems. So we're uploading educational materials, where you know videos or whatever we think uh, is going to be um, um, helpful for, for persons that are trying to integrate crop and livestock. Yes, the networking and the resources there. So who has access to this, um, this website? And Everybody, it's open. I mean, you can go there and create your, your account and create your PIN. Uh, and then you look and, and the good things that you see in, in your neighborhood, okay, I, you know, I have people here that I, I even didn't know that they were willing to partner. Uh, and, and I'm going to talk to that guy. You know, that facilitates a lot, that cooperation. That's why it's, it's, it looks like a dating app, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. No, I think the, the connection is, uh, is extremely important, putting people together. Many times, uh, I think the limitation is either I don't want to do this or I don't know who, wants, who could do it. And now you don't need to do it. You don't need to put the fence up. You don't need to necessarily put the fence up. You don't need to, to take care of the livestock. You can just find someone that can be integrated with you. This is fantastic because it's what we call the integration in the landscape level. So going beyond the farm level only, the only the single farmer. And now we are going into the landscape. And this has an overall benefit, not only for those two farmers, but also for the the general um, economy, environment, and, uh, and society around this. So it's pretty interesting. Yes, and, and uh, we also have the folks from Alabama and Georgia that could participate. And I, I see here right now, you already have some pins, you know, some in southern Alabama, others in North Florida. And, uh, and you know, those guys could partner as well together. Our, our focus here, the, the idea was uh, emerged from trying to get those crop folks, uh, meaning specifically row crop guys and, and ladies with the cattle, cattle men, cattle women, or, or other livestock that would be grazing during the winter. But do you see this tool being also expanded or, or actually not even expanded because already set up, but being used by other types of production system, but other crops and other livestock species? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's open for everybody, Marcelo. Actually, this, in California, I know one of the big focuses is, is because of the wildfires. So a lot of folks, they have, you know, the rangelands and they didn't have even animals there. So, okay, what if I bring some animals to graze here and, and that will reduce, you know, the risk of uh, fire? 
so that's one of the reasons. And I, I think here we can also have, you know, uh, folks that have land, but they're not really, even if they don't have row crops, but they have some grazing areas that they're not using, that could help as well, you know, to use the land and also prevent wildfires. I think that's useful in that way too. So yeah, it's the sky's the limit. It's 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 open there for business. So <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, just need to uh, spread the word so people know that uh, we have that um, ability to do that. You know, this this website really helps to to put together everybody that is interested in those things. And uh, but we're just starting the the project, and I think uh, it'll be a great project. That is fantastic. So just one more time, this is southeastgrazingexchange.com. Southeast and if you want more information about it, you can reach out to us. The link is going to be on the description of this podcast. And you can also look into our Forge team website for more information. That's programs.ifas.ufl.edu slash forages. And you can find more information about this tool. Anything else you want to add about it? No, just I uh, want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And uh, and if anybody wants, you know, have some questions, just reach to you or, or to us. So anybody in the forest team will be will be here to help. That is great. And also thanks for FDAX, uh, the Office of uh, Agriculture and Water Policy, for supporting this and several other projects that are related to this one. Thank you for joining us on this Cow Talks podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation. If you have any questions, ideas, follow-ups, or comments, please reach out to us through our email, forages at ifas.ufl.edu. That is forages at ifas.ufl.edu. Or find us on our social media, uf.forages on Instagram, uf.forage team on Facebook, or UF5FAS Forages on YouTube.